not too many years ago, I was in North Africa, and people were clamoring to get out of sub-Saharan Africa to get to the Mediterranean coast of Tunisia so that they could get to France. They saw France as the promised land. The last couple of weeks we've seen clamoring of people all over airplanes and an airport in Afghanistan and wanting to get to anywhere else but Afghanistan. People are always looking for peace in their life, a lack of chaos. They're looking for peace and permanence in their life. Even in the United States, we see people from San Francisco and New York coming to Florida and Texas looking for that peace. I started life in Mahia, Texas and ended up working in Waco for a while. I thought I'd find prosperity and permanence there. Ended up in Austin for a while, then in Dallas and Waxahachie area for a while. But then back here in Jacksonville for the last 30 years or so, the city of God. Sometimes we say this is the new Jerusalem. At one corner at Jacksonville College, one corner over at First Baptist Church in New Summerfield, one corner here, one corner at First Baptist here. This may be the new Jerusalem for us, permanently. We'll look forward to that one day. But everybody, everywhere, as they get a little bit older, they really began to dread ever having to move again for some change in family situation or change in finances and all those kind of things. We long for peace, a lack of chaos. We long for permanence and prosperity. We know that the city of God spoken of here, the old Jerusalem, as blessed as it was, still honored as it is today. We know that it is not the final Jerusalem. We know it's not the permanent city of God. That was pointing towards, again, the new Jerusalem, the permanent people of God. And here in this passage, it mentions some things about the old Jerusalem that have application to the new Jerusalem. Some think the psalm was written in the days of Hezekiah when they were about to bring in to the city, inaugurate a new group of proselytes. And this was something that sons of Korah sang as they came in. These new people from all the nations coming in to be part of the family of God. It tells us three, I believe, three main things about this new city of God. The one we're looking for, the one that will never pass away. Our permanent home with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's glorious, it says here again in verse 3. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Glorious things. The idea of glory in the Old Testament is heaviness, weightiness. Very influential, impactful things are said here about this city of God. Opposite of being vain or empty, worthless. There's nothing vain about the family of God. Nothing vain or unimportant about our final dwelling state. Here we see again three main things, I think, about this permanent city of God. Number one, we can see as the permanent city, 
that it was founded on the foundation of Christ. It is populated by Christ. And then last of all, it is sustained by Christ. Look with me again. Its foundation, it says, verse 1, is in the holy mountain, built on Christ. Revelation, that passage we read just a little earlier, chapter 21, says the new Jerusalem, the people of God, the permanent Jerusalem, says that city has 12 foundations. That the foundations, you read a little bit further, are the 12 apostles. The foundation of our city, Jesus Christ himself. He founded the church while he walked here on this earth. The foundation goes on to extend, extended by the 12 apostles. We go on to read in Ephesians, Paul said that this holy city, the family of God, is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. But as great as the Old Testament prophets were and as great and wonderful as the apostles were, the foundation itself, the very core, the cornerstone is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. It's built on His teachings. It's built on His blood. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. The idea is not necessarily this great universal establishment, but the overall, everyone is going to be in God's kingdom from all of eternity till the end of eternity. All of them will be there in this new city of God. It is the foundation Christ Himself. He said, whoever builds on my teachings, they build on the rock. You decide to build on somebody else's teachings, the teachings of the world, the teachings of modern culture, the teachings of modern academia. You build on all these man-made philosophies. And Jesus said, these things, all these man-made things, they are like sand. And if your life is built on that, you one day will wash away when the storm comes. But he said, again, his teachings... He Himself, the core of what Jesus said, the core of His essence, if you build on Christ in your relationship with Him, you'll be like the rock that stands on and on. Upon that rock, He said, I'll build my church, and all of the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is permanent. It's founded on a permanent thing, a foundation. God did says here, the old Jerusalem was built on the mountain. Probably Mount Moriah, Mount Zion, two twin hills there in the area. The mountain, the idea was the rock. It would never ever settle. It's not going to crumble. And if the foundation wall stands still and firm and the congregation is built around that one central cornerstone, the foundation of Christ, we will never sink. We will never crumble. The people of God are for all of eternity. The foundation of this glorious city is glorious because it's founded on Christ, but also because Christ Himself populates this eternal city. Look with me down again, verse 4. I'll make mention of Babylon and Rahab to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there. Population of the city made by Christ, you'll notice there, first of all, is a universal population. 
Aren't you glad that when you go to church, most of the time, it's not all the same. There's all kinds of people there. He's mentioned here in this new, this old Jerusalem when they would have proselytes to come. Some would come from Rahab, that's excuse me, Egypt. Some would call, come from Babylonia. The first captor of the Jews and the current captor of the Jews in that day. Then he mentions Philistia and Tyre. The idea is pagans of the worst kind of Philistia. Tyre, people that worshipped commerce and wealth and money. And then it says Ethiopia. The idea in this period of time was the area of the Sudan or Somalia. The people farthest away that they could feature in their minds away from the holy city of God. The time is coming. God's going to say to us, said to them in that day, that there's a time when it doesn't matter where you are from, from the distant far corners of the world, from all kinds of cultures, it's going to be the fact that you will become someone that is a city, excuse me, a citizen of the city of God. You'll have a natural birthright there. They made great pains in the Old Testament as the land was divided out to the twelve tribes. That you lived here and you lived there. And you couldn't pass those titles, so to speak, of your property on to some other person from some other tribe. It had to be passed down. You had a permanent birthright that you could always go back to. Even though we are from Babylon and Tyre and Egypt and all these faraway places, we have a birthright. God's eternal city that can never, ever be taken away. It's universal. Not only is it universal, we need to realize that it's personal. Look with me in verse 5. And of Zion it shall be said, This and that man was born in her. This and that man, the idea, there's each and every one, Tyre, Babylon, wherever they're from, each and every one of them. It's going to be said about them. That man was born here. And the highest himself shall establish her. Years ago, when the Iron Curtain fell, we had students coming from Russia. Had four that I can remember in particular. Three of them were from outlying areas, out of the rural areas of Russia. But one of them was from Moscow. They're all proud to be Russian. But being from Moscow, that was something special to them. We're all from these other cities, all these other countries. We're all sons of God. We all have the birthright as if our name was written there, as the Bible says, from all of eternity. But Jesus himself doesn't. John chapter 1 says that that citizenship in that city comes not by blood. It's not by ethnic birth that we get into the new city of God. It's not by the will of man. It's not because 
two people, two parents decided they wanted to establish a family. Not by the will of the flesh. Individually, we don't make the rational decision to come into the city of God. But it says your citizenship is from God Himself. Born of God. It was His decision. It's personal to Him. He Himself will establish it. John chapter 10, Jesus says, as we sang in that song a little earlier, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and they shall never, ever perish. Each and every one from all these different countries and all these different ethnic groups individually called by Jesus himself. Each and every one. My sheep hear that voice and I give them eternal life in the eternal city of God. Populated by Christ it's universal, it's personal, it's also permanent. Look at me in verse 6. The Lord himself shall count when he rideth up the people. That this man was born there. When the Lord counts him. The idea, we get the picture of an accountant, a bookkeeper, so to speak. Here at the seminary, every year, we have an auditor that comes and takes all of our records, all our financial records, and he goes through with a fine-tooth comb. We have to have money segregated in a general operating fund. Then you have a temporarily restricted fund. People give, they'll eventually go for a special project, but then there's the permanently restricted fund, the endowment. That auditor goes through there and he makes sure everything that was for the general fund is still there. Every account is what's for a special project is there. And then that is supposed to stay forever and ever, not be used except just the income from it. It has to stay right there all the time. He makes sure that everything is in its exact place. The day is coming, the day of the Lord, when He will count His people. He will look, and then from all eternity, those are written in the Lamb's book of life from all of eternity. And He goes and He checks on that great day of the Lord. He'll look, and every last one of them will be there. There won't be a single one of his sheep that will ever be lost to the fold. Because he said, I will count them there. City of God, there's glorious things that's populated by Jesus himself. But notice there also that it was sustained by Jesus himself. The very last verse. And the singers as well as the players on the instruments shall be there. And all my springs are there. You think of an older city in the middle, middle early times of the history, the walled cities. And if they didn't have their springs, their water source inside the walls, they were in great peril. The enemy could come and put up fortresses against them, siege them, and cut off their water supply. An ingenious thing was always thought. You see it in Jerusalem itself. That one day, one time, the king built a funnel or a tunnel under the wall so that the springs were there in the city. Self-contained. 
every last thing that that city needs. The eternal city of God, the people of God, are sustained. All of our springs are there. All of the deep roots that go down in the very bedrock of all of eternity exist in the city of God. And we say in His church, the permanent things of life. John chapter 1, Jesus Himself said, I am the life of men. I'm the life. And I give life to men. Eternal life. Source. We all want not just life swelling up in us. We want joy and peace in this life. Scriptures say that in Christ is the only joy. Joy unspeakable. And just like the glorious city, it is full of glory. And there's no other peace, no other joy anywhere like knowing that Christ Himself has called you by name and given you a birthright in the kingdom of God and in the city of God. Joy unspeakable, but maybe greatest of all in these springs, these foundations, these roots of God. It says that our eternity is rooted in Christ because it's the eternal city. He's the eternal king of that city. And it says in our word that Jesus Christ Himself will live forever and ever. That He lives forever to mediate for the saints. The eternal God in the person of Christ, the founder of the city that populated the city, has in Himself eternal life, and He lives forever to make intercession for us. Our citizenship, glorious, because it's permanent. At the very end, perhaps one of the things that sums it up, another glorious feature, it says in verse 2, the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. You read about other cities in Judea, Nazareth, Bethlehem, Hebron. The word says, God Himself says, I love Jerusalem more than all of them. In the syntax of the sentence, you might interpret it or translate it this way. The God loves, truly loves the gates of Jerusalem, the people of God, the eternal city, more than all these other institutions all around. God created, founded three institutions. He instituted civil government, but we know that eventually all governments will fail. Given them enough time. We're seeing governments dissolve even before our very eyes today, the days in which we live. He instituted the family. The Bible tells us even though as much as we love our individual families, it's coming a time in the new Jerusalem 
in that new city, it won't be like we know families today. Be even closer, be more knit from the very heart of God. All children of God. There are people in my family, extended family, that are not children of God. As much as I love them, I love the people of God more than I love them. And the eternal cities where that will last forever and ever. These, excuse me, these earthly families will go away. Then what will last forever and ever? The eternal city, the eternal family of God. We call them this permanent city. Even death, the gates of Hades, the gates of the grave, will not prevail against you. Just a day or two ago, probably we've all seen it. Tragic scene of hundreds of people pressing against the wall at the airport in Kabul. And then we see soldiers there across the wall at the gate rifles at the ready and you see some of those people crying and coming and waving their passports wanting to get on that plane to the United States saying I was born there I have a birthright to my citizenship in the United States. I was born there. You see one of those soldiers reach over across that wall and grab a child and mother was there waving the passport, reaches over and jerks them over the wall and then gets another. You see another people, person waving their passport and be a lady and they're pushing her over the wall and they're pulling her across the safety. We need to praise God that somewhere in days gone by and eternity past, that if you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, that there was a day, there was a time that He wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. And when the judgment day comes and all of mankind stands around at the judgment seat of God, you can stand there, we can stand there with our passport and say, I was born there. The Lord Jesus Christ never forgets me. My passport is recorded in the annals of heaven. And Jesus said, just like the Old Testament high priest with the signets on his shoulder and the breastplate with all the stones bearing his people on his shoulders so that he would never forget the names of the tribes engraven in those stones. But my name, the Bible says, is graven in the palms of his hands. A citizen of the eternal city of God. Built by Christ. Populated by Christ. And preserved and sustained by the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let's bow together for just a moment. Born there. 
Were you born there? Born by the Holy Spirit, softening your heart. Born again. Maybe born in Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, but born again in the city of the great king. You take a moment to think about this. You need to thank him every day. So many stand outside the wall. No goodness in you, no merit in you. Wrote your name in the book of life. Card and cut you into the palm of his hands. He'll never, ever forget you or abandon you. Think today, what can I do to express my joy and thankfulness to Christ in support of his kingdom and his body growing? Father, we thank you today. Again, to no merit of our own. Only by the grace of God were we born again in your holy city, the new Jerusalem. Father, help us leave today thinking about your eternal kingdom. Contemplate joy of knowing that you have declared he or she was born there. It's in his name we pray. Amen.